What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Team Chat Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined by Rachel Mogan. Bonjourno. Bonjourno to you on this, our 201st. Gosh, how does it feel? It feels good. We're, we're... I was trying so, to. D- d- so the word for people that are over a hundred is octogenarian. So right. are we now like? Oh wait, or, or is that centigenarian? Is octogenarian because that's eight, right? Because wouldn't Maybe that be over eighty? Centarian. Centenarian. Anyways, the point is we're really old. So yeah. tell us what the word is. <laughs> tell us what we for, should call ourselves. For people that are over two. Because I wanted years to be. Like, I was trying to think of like how do I say this? Welcome to our next century of episodes. Like that doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> but uh, but no. So here we sit at our two hundred first episode here on Team Chat Podcast, a video game show where we talk about games. The ones we love, the ones we hate, and everything in between. New episodes come out Tuesdays, 9 a.m. Central Time, and you can listen to those on podcast services around the World Wide Web, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and others. You can also watch a video version of each episode on our YouTube channel. Head over to youtube.com slash teamchatpodcast to watch all those. You can find us on social media, such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can join our Discord server. Links for all that are in the description below. And finally, if you're really loving and enjoying what we're creating for you here each and every week, you can head over to patreon.com slash teamchatpodcast where as little as a dollar a month, you can support the show. And in return, we'll give you cool perks like getting the episodes early before their general Tuesday release, access to a private channel on our Discord server, and for a certain um, for our $5 tier, you get two weeks early access to Team Chit Chat, our side show, where our subsidiary show, where we talk a about things, of a Team subsidiary Chat. of Team Chat Podcast, <laughs> where we talk about topics outside of the world of video games. Lots of extra stuff uh, through the Patreon, too. Go check that out if you if you would like. We would appreciate the support of all of our patrons. But also, if you don't want to do that, that's no big deal at all because you can also help support the show in either writing us reviews, subscribing to the show on whatever platform of your choice or multiple platforms of your choice, telling your friends, sharing us on social media. All that stuff also helps getting us out there to the world and therefore making the show bigger and better. So we appreciate and love all of our listeners, subscribers, patrons, all of you, you're all wonderful people. Thank you for being here. But we've got a pretty packed show today. We do. So let's we, chop, chop. Let's let's get through it. All right. So, anyways, gonna because, do this moment with Mogan. Yeah, because we were doing our live episode last week, we didn't really get to catch up on any uh, video game releases. So I'm gonna backtrack just a little. Okie dokie. So as of March 13th, we now have Grand Blue Fantasy Versus for the PC. My Hero, My Hero One's Justice Two, a terrible name for a game. Very long, very stupid. But My Hero One's Justice Two is out for PlayStation Four, Xbox One, and the Nintendo Switch. Also out now is Neo Two. Now that's the one that I really wanted to highlight because I know a lot of people were really excited. And for that, that one kind of came and went. Like you know, like it I know it just came out. No, I mean oh, I, the first one. No, no, no. I mean more that like it's here. And I really didn't feel like I heard a whole oh, lot I've about heard it. Quite a bit about. Oh, it. Oh, really? Maybe yeah. I just haven't been paying attention to yeah. the right circles. Uh, but anyway, so Neo Two is out now for PlayStation Four, and that's Neo spelled N I O H. Neo Two. Uh, Round Guard is also out for PC and Mac as of March thirteenth as well. Uh, as of March seventeenth, we have Green and Orcs Life for PC. That sounds fun and delightful. <laughs> uh, we also have MLB The Show Twenty. God, that sounds terrible. Uh, for PlayStation Four, don't buy it. I don't know what it is, baseball but don't fans do would it. Love it I'm no, sure. there's no such thing as a baseball fan. Um, RB. <laughs> speaking of which, RB. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, there are enough to warrant two games coming out in the same month that are about baseball. <laughs> RBI Baseball Twenty. What do they mean Twenty? I hope they're just talking about the year. God, that's too many games. That's out for PlayStation Four, Xbox One, Switch, iOS, and Android. 
Don't buy that either. Don't encourage <laughs> baseball. Uh, the Division Two just hit Stadia on March 17th. Also, don't buy that. Don't encourage Stadia. But yeah, then I don't the know if that's going to make it for news, too much longer. The important news that people actually care about, Animal Crossing New Horizons is coming out this week for the Nintendo Switch on March 20th. Also out on March 20th, Doom Eternal. God, so so those are the two big, big bags that are coming out on March 20. It's a big uh, day. And Doom Eternal is going to be for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Stadia, and PC. So that's actually one of the few games that Stadia is getting like on release day. I'm mm-hmm. a little surprised about that. Um, but it's already come out too that it's not, that it's like they advertise it as being able to play 4K, but it's not going to be true 4K. It, yeah, it's not going to be I true. I already said that. Uh, and then so, coming out in womp, the near womp. future, just in case you happen to need more games beyond Doom and Animal Crossing, and which Ori is... And Will of the Wisps. Ve- and Ori and the Will of the Wisps, which is it's very unlike- unlikely. Half-Life Alyx is out for PC as of March 23rd, along with The Legend of Heroes, Trials of Cold Steel 3 for PC. And then a little bit after that, we've got Bleeding Edge for Xbox One and PC on March 24. We have Deep Sky Derelicts for PlayStation 4 on the 24th as well. Moons of Madness for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One again on March 24th. Nice. Half-Life Alex is a pretty big deal though, I would say, just because it's a new That's entry the in one, the isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But it's a new entry in the Half-Life series, which you know, people have been clamoring for the Half-Life 3 for forever. They and so have, to finally get just a new entry in the series is pretty cool. I I Totally disagree. <laughs> would you have preferred it to just been three? Well, because yes, and okay. everyone would have preferred that. So it's like nobody liked that. Everyone disliked. I don't that. know though. From what I've been seeing, the it's getting it's apparently a pretty solid game. But from it's like also early extremely and, and exclusive to people that have the the hardware to be able to play VR games. That's true. So in terms of accessibility, it's really restrictive, and it's not the game that people wanted for Half-Life, but it could potentially open doors to another Half-Life installment that is more formal. So See what the, uh, you know, to see what the the interest is. Yeah, see how well, we'll it does. see. The interest is definitely there. Oh, yeah. They just decided to make a totally different game that no one asked for instead, and it's like, cool. But maybe that's the right move. Very we'll have to cool. see when it comes out. Mm. The, it's the wonder and the joy mm. the video games, you know. Indeed. But uh, we also had a couple of quick little news stories that we wanted to jump on to that we missed before we moved into our into our main topic. In uh, the the big somewhat of a surprise, but also I'm excited to see how this pans out. Very confusing news is that <laughs> Reggie Fizami has joined the board of GameStop. So for those of you who somehow don't know, uh, Reggie just recently retired last year as director of um, Nintendo North America. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's just crazy that he's now on the board of directors for GameStop. Which, I mean, I think if you're looking for somebody who, I mean, because... Well, he has a long history oh, of yeah. other companies. Like he was in marketing um, and like VP of marketing for many different companies for a long time. Well, and I'm sure that he he also you know played a very influential role as well in like helping with get the switch out. You know, he was very much the face of the switch. I would say in North America, you know, making so many videos and in their E3 appearances and stuff like that. I think he definitely has the business savvy and the business know how to really, I think, help GameStop out of a really tough spot. You know, especially as they're making this transition. I believe it's in Tulsa, Oklahoma, of all random places. They're going to be uh, testing stores that have, like, consoles and computers and stuff set up to be able to, like, have people play and maybe even do a little bit of esports inside their stores. That's a great idea. They're trying to, like, change it around and figure out how they can sell it. Save it. I personally love that idea. I think think that's a great great idea, too. I still... Even though, like, the world continues to get more and more digital, I still like going and 
buying things at stores like GameStop, Me too. Think Geek, Best Buy, and all that stuff. Like, it's great. I love being able to go into the stores, look at all the different merch that they have. As out because now they're selling a whole lot of like, like I go get some of my video game uh, Star Wars characters, uh, action figures from those stores and everything too. So it's great to go in there and see them. So yes, I would love it if they're able to figure out a way to get to keep them around for a little bit longer. And I and I think that hiring Reggie to do that to help do that is very smart. Probably a great idea. We'll see how it plays out. Um, And speaking of like actually going to a store and actually buying something physically, I finally was forced in preparation for Animal Crossing to buy an SD, a micro SD for my Switch. You haven't bought one yet? So I now, I've just been archiving software because usually once I'm done. Oh wow, I bought one like a long time ago. No, so I now have like an extra 164 gigs of space and it's like, wow, what are we going to do with all this space now? I've been holding off for so long and I was like, I'm finally going to do it. I'm going to buy one. Nice. That's pretty fun. It's fun when you suddenly have like all this unlimited storage yeah. capabilities. Oh, I mean, I guess then, it's still limited. But. So I really hope that it's still on sale when this episode comes out. It's only going to be a few days different, so fingers crossed. Child of Light is currently on sale on the Nintendo eShop for $5. Oh, that's not bad at all. $5. So Child of Light was one of those games that came out for the Wii U back in the day. Of course, many people didn't play it because they didn't have a Wii U. I think it was also on Steam. Mm-hmm. So more people uh, probably played it through other means. But Child of Light and is PS a... Vita, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. And the Vita. Good job, Vita. <laughs> so it's a fantastic uh, kind of smaller RPG style game. I am looking forward to playing it again. I already downloaded it. It was the first thing I put on my new micro SD. So anyways, uh, pick it up if you can. Even if it's not still $5, buy it anyways. Because it's, it's like game. what, normally 15 Yeah, I think it's 15 yeah, or 15 20 Yeah, 15 to 20 maybe. Yeah, no. Anyways, a- definitely worth it. 10 yes. out of 10. And then two, obviously, the second story that we want to touch on, just because I think it's a and have a, a brief little discussion on. Also, obviously, we're very everyone's very well aware of COVID nineteen and the and the ongoing issues trying to contain that and everything. But obviously, as long as like GDC and other events being being postponed and everything, it did officially within the last couple weeks. By the time this is out. E3 was canceled as well. Uh, there's going to be still some form of a digital showcase by some of the presenters. We don't know if all of them will and to what extent all they will. I mean, I'm sure people like Devolver Digital essentially too because theirs are always just like a live stream or well, even the Nintendo, don't they just do a, yes. a direct? Like yeah, a long direct? Yeah, they usually do like a big direct and Devolver Digital at least did already tweet about this um, on their official Twitter and they were like, oh, we're still going to do something. Yeah. Because you got to know that by now they've probably finished whatever it is that they were recording for. So that's probably... Or knew at least what it was going to be. Yeah, that's probably long been decided. So I'm sure they're still going to find some way to put that out to the public. Phil Spencer of Xbox also came out and said it tweeted the same and said that the Xbox will be doing some sort of presentation. Granted, Sony wasn't going to be there anyway, so we're not necessarily expecting them to do anything. Although we still haven't got that PS5 announcement. Yeah, I guess not. You know? I mean, we all know it's coming. Right. So it's just like... Just but like we still just know already. nothing about it, you know, like what it's going to what it, I mean, we know some small details about it, but like we don't know near as much about it as we do with Xbox Series X. So um, Xbox Scarlet. <laughs> I'm not going to let that go. I'm not going to let it go. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, so I so obviously uh, it is a big deal because, you know, as the rest of the world struggles with with COVID-19 and us now here in the US and I mean all over, it's one of those things. It's like. These ha- it has an impact and it not and you know immediately our minds do go to oh man well Xbox Sony you know Nintendo they're not going to get their big big presentation that we've normally seen but we also have to be mindful and of the like smaller developers who That's count on I'm E3 more about. for the bit you know to be the yeah. bit the place where they can meet the right person to get their game and in that into publishers and so 
you know, if anything during all this, you know, like how here in Austin, everybody's saying like, you know, you know, support your local businesses and you, as you should be in your, in your, uh, in your towns too, when dealing with moments like this, you know, cause those are the people who hurt the most in these situations. Yeah. And so the big you know, guys are going to be fine. They've got, Indy, they've everybody. got billions of dollars you know? behind them so, yeah. or at the very least millions, but indie developers, you know, even if it's not for publishers, it's definitely for hype. Yeah. They, they very much rely on not just E3, but on the smaller expos too, like PAX and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, they really rely on that to generate excitement and hype for their games. So, um, you know, fingers crossed that it doesn't have, too outsized of a negative impact, but they're definitely going to feel it more than the big publishers will. For sure. So support indie developers. If you see one that looks cool, snatch it up. Their games are it. almost always better than AAA ones anyway. Some great ones out there, for sure. So uh, just wanted to, obviously, like that news is old, but we just wanted to, uh, it's a couple weeks old now, but at this point, this episode came out again because of our episode 200 yeah. celebration. Um, and so, but we still just wanted to touch on it a little bit here. Now before, so we are continuing though, our, and as our main topic, we will be continuing our top 10 soundtrack ranking. We're going to fill out spots number eight and number seven today yes. on this episode. But before we get to that, like we mentioned in the moment with Mogan, Ori and the Will of the, Ori and the, Will of the Wisps, the hardest name to say because all the W's, it's like the seashells by the seashore kind of tongue twister. But Ori and the Will of the Wisps is out now on Xbox and PC. And l- the day of its release, March 11th, I streamed the first two hours, 45 minutes of it, I think, like three hours-ish. And so I just want to do a brief first impressions because I know also Mogan is trying to stay spoiler-free on this game. I'll just be going. Okay, just <laughs> you just want to step out no, for a little bit? Fine. Okay, but uh, But no, so just want to do a very brief, very brief first impressions of Ori and the Will of the Wisps. And that is, it's fantastic, everyone. It's magical. It feel it retains the feel of the original, the, the like the... The uh, fantasy magical element of the that is put in place mostly by the setting and the art and the styling of the of this game. Just I love the oversaturation of the colors. When when I was streaming it, I was actually talking with Kirok in, tra- in chat, and he was saying that he loves how like some foreground images are blurred, and the background obviously is also blurred. So it gives it this incredible sense of depth, even though it's a you know, a side-scrolling platformer. Can I make um, the quickest of interjections? Sure. So actually, uh, I can't, I'm blanking on his name. Garrett. So Garrett, our buddy on Twitter. Yes. Yes. He yes, yes. actually had a very From insightful post. Yeah. Yeah. He had a very insightful post about um, how he actually didn't like the blur effect and how it made it difficult for him to be able to navigate because he was having trouble figuring out what was a, what was it like a safe area to actually land on what wasn't. Mm. And I experienced a little bit of that too from the first game and somebody else commented and said, Hey, you can actually turn that blur effect Oh, that's good to know. So I didn't verify that information, but I'm pretty sure that that's a feature that you can actually mess around with. So if the blur is messing with you, I agree that it adds, you know, definite atmosphere to the game. But if it's messing with you, I think it's a feature that you can actually turn off. I will say to to jump on that point, too, there was one of the last I had an interaction with a character near the end of my stream, and I was noticing that the, the features of this character did look a little too blurred. Now, granted, it could be because... It's one of those things. I was playing it obviously because I was streaming it, so the signal was passing through my Elgato streaming oh, card. So right. that maybe, and then playing on, I'm playing on a different monitor than I normally do. So maybe it was some setting there that was throwing it off. But also, I could also see it be, being the setting of the settings of the game, and it just needs to be like tweaked a little bit there. But still, 
as far as just how it looks and feels I immediately, I was just like, this is, they kept, they kept it the same. It's great. And it's wonderful, but Don't also fix what's not broken. Exactly. But here's, what's great. And what they've done so far, what moon studios has done so far is the additions that they have made to the game have already in the first three hours. I was like, this is so like opens up so much more. Remember when I was talking about it, uh, Gareth Coker, the composer for Ori, which again, music is fantastic so what I, i've heard so far i very briefly dropped into Jarrett's stream but it i wish you had seen it on my laptop i should have taken a screenshot because i dragged the the window uh-huh. off screen so that all i could see was the chat and then i also had it muted so that i couldn't hear the music and i was like i'm just gonna bother him and chat a little bit but not really be able to hear what he says <laughs> but uh but so once and so in this before the game came out gareth coker was tweeting about how because the soundtrack for this game is also much longer than the original game soundtrack. And so he was talking about how the scope and size of the game is so much more than the first game. And I was like, Ooh, I'm very interested to see what that's going to be in this first three hours. I can already see how much more it's going to be. And also I can also see a lot of places where it drew inspiration from other games that I had recently played. I've seen like some guacamole. I've no, actually I've more seen hollow Knight influences. No kidding. Yes. Not surprising. Do you want to know what those are or do you want them hidden? How I can say are uh, they like Easter eggs? No, no, no. They're oh, just okay. like things in the game you interact with. And I'm like, Hollow Knight did this. Oh, okay. Yeah. Tell me what those are. There's a cartographer that you oh. meet. Oh, no. Now I wish you hadn't told me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I should have <laughs> gone with the other one, which is it does have a similar system of charms where you find oh, no these spirit kidding. shards and you can only select at the very beginning. You only have three slots. I don't know if you unlock oh, more yet. I'm sure you probably do. And you can upgrade said abilities and stuff like that. Other than how in Ori in the blind forest, where it was just the three skill trees and you upgraded those and you purchased those as you went through the game. Yeah. With like ability points. Exactly. That you would get by defeating him enemies and actually finding like ability cells. Right. So th- that's, what's great so far about this. And I would say the biggest change that I've noticed so far, there are these other random characters that you interact with and you can talk with and there are and you can upgrade abilities you can have like an inventory of things you collect there are no main quest side quests there's so much more to this game and oh, being so much awesome. more expansive so that is pretty much all i want to say because i want to give us plenty of time to talk about our soundtracks in this episode but it is by far meeting my expectations for what i was wanting to get out of ori in the will of the wisps and I have no doubt by the time I finish this game, we'll exceed them by far. I'm going to hold off just barely because Animal Crossing is about to come out. But right. I'm having, I've never in my life had greater FOMO about an Xbox game. <laughs> so like you could absolutely argue that the Xbox exclusivity is working in their favor because I've literally been like, I could probably buy a used Xbox one. And just by Ori. Yeah. And I've been like, man, I could play it now if I would just get a used Xbox, but, but I'm going to hold off as long as I can and then borrow yours from you, well, I mean, from I'm you se- as soon as you're done. I'm serious, though. Like, it has, you can make three saves of, of a game. So, like, anytime you want to, like, after we're done recording, if you want to start a new game or something like that, you know, like, you, you feel just, free. You just go to the mall, leave me alone. I'm going I'm to sit in your house alone <laughs> with your dogs and play Ori. They would love that. They would love that. But yeah, so, you know, it's 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 been an incredible game so far. I'm super excited to play more of it. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's 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 been a great trip so far. But uh, before oh, you getting a, getting a quick little shot of the pups? Just taking taking a little pup producer pick. Oh, intern. Where's pup. the other one? 
They're both kind of like sleeping. They just know this is such a well-oiled machine at this point that they just know they can nap during the during the recordings. They don't have to keep track of levels or anything like that. Oh my god, I never hit record. Just kidding. Everybody. Oh god, <laughs> <laughs> that would suck. Uh, no, I just <laughs> playing with the joke. They 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 slacked off and we slacked off. No, but Man, no, everything's good. Everything's it. great. We've only had that. Don't happen say to it. Us a handful don't of say, times. Why would you say that to oh me right god. now? Oh my god. Why would you say that? Hasn't happened. We're like in the twice. middle of the episode right yeah. now. Why would you say that to me? God. It, <laughs> Like I still have nightmares about that. I do too. And then, it, well, like I talked about in our in our uh, celebration episode, that the one episode it did happen on was our Stardew Valley episode, and that's like one of our most viewed episodes. So maybe we shouldn't care. But still, uh, no. Well, Knock did, on all the wood. Didn't we have to re-record one episode? Oh like, yeah, we've twice? had to do that a couple times. Yeah, that's true. Where we just straight up lost everything, and, and it, it was wasn't like salvageable. The same one both times. Yeah. Which episode was that? It was a while back because I knew it was. It was a Zach. long time it's, ago. It was a long time. Oh, ago. we were so sick of it by the time we finally were done. Because it was one that was like it was one of those where we were we. It, None of us knew what the other was going to say. It was a list episode, I'm pretty sure. And so we were like, well, we got to redo it. But now none of our reactions are going to be genuine. Yeah, it none was of this stuff's going to be. Yeah, it is going to. It was very unfortunate. But let's move on now. Talk about some tunes. So uh, episode 199 is when we started our first, our our list of the to- our each individual top 10 soundtracks of all time, which if you listen to that episode, you will know that has been a struggle. To to rank to it's rank soundtracks still a struggle still a struggle harder than top ten games so much harder but as a quick refresher your top your top your number ten and your number nine what was that what the fuck was that was it like a butt a beep oh I bet we got a delivery oh. Sam was supposed to get it I think it was probably them scanning the thing oh god I was about to say <laughs> was what like, the shit I know I just heard that? like a like a, butt, a beep <laughs> that was weird uh, but so your number ten. I believe it was Final Fantasy VIII. Yes, and your number nine. I think I said it was Kai. I I was still unclear on it, mm-hmm. and I honestly can't remember if I said that it was Halo Three ODST or The Legend of Dragoon, or was it another one? I think ODST was your crap. I don't remember now either. I should look. I, I think ODST was like your honorable mention, or and then you did finally settle on Legend of Dragoon. Yes, I think that's I think that's correct. So I've got Final Fantasy VIII and The Legend of Dragoon. Um, and I think I started last time, so you have to start this okay. time. Well, my number 10, and... Um, you already did your number 10. I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm, just, I'm, telling, I'm refreshing people's <laughs> memories. I'm just giving you trouble. <laughs> uh, my number 10 was Donkey Kong Country by David Wise, and then my number 9 was Red Dead Redemption 2 soundtrack. Yes. So these actually, I've talked about, I will go ahead and say, both of these soundtracks that hit in my number 8 and my number 7 spots, I've talked about before on the show. And actually, this one in my number eight was a, a soundtrack I think I talked about in our very first soundtrack episode. No kidding. Wait, let me see if I can guess. I was going to say, do you want to take a guess? Oh, man, I can't remember what you talked about. I will also say this game is the theme of a recurring joke on the show for us. Oh, is it Stronghold? It is Stronghold oh Indeed by yeah. Robert Uvino. <laughs> so Stronghold, for those of you who don't know, is a castle simulator game. Castle building simulator game from 2001, I believe, is when it that is came old. out. And it's it still is strong, old. a treasure. And I will say this too. I know I've talked about a I needing to figure out the best way to stream it. I thought I could stream it and play it on my computer as is. I tried it the other day. It doesn't look like it's going to work. Why not? Um, it's just like I couldn't get the capture stuff oh, going right. Okay. I think, though, 
if I can do it without my laptop overheating, <laughs> I can play it on my laptop and then be able to stream it from and then like plug that into my computer and get around it. So God I still need to work around that because I do really <laughs> want to play this game on stream for everybody because it's so fun and it's one that I've enjoyed for many, many, many years. But one of the big reasons why I've enjoyed this game, other than its medieval setting and getting to play around and building a castle, building your armies to defend from assault and attacking and besieging other castles, it's a great time. But one of the things about it that I've always loved the most is the soundtrack because it is one that gets totally stuck in your head. I can perfectly like whistle along and hum the melodies as they play. When I listen to the soundtrack, it's still one. It's not a very long soundtrack, but it's still one that I listen to and play the whole thing through and it could end and I could restart it again immediately and have no qualms about it. And so why I love it though, is because all the tracks are just that quint have that quintessential, like, tavern medieval feel a lot of lutes in a lot there. of lutes <laughs> well, there's even a song called two mandolins which is one that i'll be playing on this and it, because it just has such a cheerful yet simplistic sound and i love it so much because it also then not only does it do i love enjoying listen to love listening to the music it also though still every time i hear certain parts or certain uh, themes come on, I immediately am reminded of all of your unit voice lines. Like when you click on an archer and tell it to go somewhere like way across the map and it's like, oh, that way. <laughs> or when your scribe comes on and he says, a malady has struck in our cows, my lord. Oh my God, the scribe. What a hero. You know, all that stuff happens. <laughs> and all these things, and it's just literally as the music is playing, I can visualize parts of the game in my head. And I think that's one of the great things about it. So one of the tracks that I did want to highlight, like I said, is called, um, two mandolins. And it's, is kind of what I would call the main theme of stronghold. And it just sound, it's so catchy, upbeat, delightful. I love it so much. So let me find this. Boom. Here we go. And then, so we're going to play a little bit of two mandolins. I'm start that over. Just so peaceful. Fender looks excited. He loves it. See, can't you just imagine this playing in the background as you're like slowly working to gather resources, build, you know, ha set up some fields so you can grow wheat to make bread for your, for your peasants that live in your castle, and then you know, maybe you got your blacksmiths returning from the quarry with some iron to build you some spears, maybe some swords, plate armor. You're tending to your to your cattle where you can get your cheeses, but then hopefully wishing that no maladies will strike them because you want to be able to have ha happy, healthy cows. Happy, healthy cows. Um, I will say that this is perfect background music for like a Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Absolutely. If you were trying to set the scene for like you and your adventure mates, like that would be a perfect fit. It absolutely is. And then the other one that I really wanted to focus on for this one is the honor medley. I think when I talked about this the first time I used one of the battle tracks that, that played. And it's also a simple thing. Cause it's very, it's just very dark and brooding and, and like just this like perfect undertone to go along with all the battle. And there was this one scenario in the game that was where all the four main villains would attack you in a way. Like the first one would go through, uh, the rat, I think was the first one. Then you would fight against the pig. Then there was the snake and then there was the wolf. Oh my. And you would basically, it was, and they didn't attack all at once. It was just the first one, you know, they attacked in sequence, but it was very much just like this, uh, 
it was a very difficult scenario. I've actually never beaten it. I would get to like the wolf and be just done. And there was no Jared. way. Because the wolf <laughs> attacks you with like metal, like plated swordsmen, armored swordsmen. And they're like the hardest things to kill. And he attacks you with so many. And at this point, your resources and everything are just super depleted. So it's a very, very, very difficult part. And I still haven't never beat it. Maybe that will be my goal for the stream. It's that I... war of attrition, man. You got to conserve those resources. It's hard to. <laughs> uh, but so... I didn't want to focus on that one because one of the other ones that I love too, listening again, great, perfect background music for like a, a D and D campaign or anything like that is the honor medley. I'm excited. Let me make sure my volume's up. And it's actually probably going to have probably have some similar stuff from. Oh, well this is, Oh, this is kind of the battle theme too. That's right. That's right. Because the one I featured before was called Dark Times. Ooh. Yeah, so it's kind of like brooding. It's kind of building. It's just like while you're going there. Let me skip a little bit farther in. So again, it just is like really like building that suspense in the, in the tense parts. Kind of got that little horn in there. Is that the French horn? Possibly, yes. I can never I, tell I, the I, brass I, apart. Oh, but then it gets a little intense, more intense right here. Got this, like, oh, of the chorus. Oh, I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Super good, right? <laughs> Especially when, like, your your walls and your battlements are on fire and you're, like, rushing around trying to, like, get people to defend your walls and fighting off the enemy horde. It's just a great time. And that, all those reasons combined, not to mention just how beautiful the music is is why Stronghold sits at my number eight for the greatest soundtrack of all time. An excellent choice, my good sir. Okay, so your number eight. Then. My number what, what What we eight. got? I'm very excited. So I will say that I have been struggling, I think a fair amount more between the two of us, just in terms of A, narrowing down my options, and B, actually ranking them. The yeah. ranking is what's killing it's me. Hard. So I'm listing this one as my number eight, but don't quote me on that, because depending on my mood, that might change. But I want to highlight the soundtrack from Animal Crossing. Oh. So specifically, Animal Crossing New Leaf. So I have been watching somebody play through the original Animal Crossing, um, Ed Camper's Cabin on Twitch. Uh, anyways, and the original Animal Crossing is, of course, from the GameCube era. It's a little bit, you know, low poly. It's, a, it's the first version of the game. But it still has a lot of tracks that you can see the threads and the themes from yeah. in the newer Animal Crossing games. But New Leaf, I feel, is where the series like really took its turn into like the future of Animal Crossing, where it really started to get that extra layer of polish, really expanded on some of the elements um, in a really great way. And part of the, the Part of the themes of that are, are obviously very intertwined with the soundtrack. Mm -hmm. So there's a number of things that I really love about the soundtrack. So Animal Crossing features an incredibly addictive soundtrack, in especially in that each hour has its own song. Oh, really? That loops until the next hour. Hour of so, the day. Yes, hour okay. of the day. So for those of you that don't know, somehow um, Animal Crossing exists I don't. on. Yeah, I'm sorry, played. <laughs> Animal Crossing exists on a living calendar, and that means that whatever day it is in real life, it's March 14th today. If you boot up the game, assuming you haven't messed with the time at all and like time traveled, uh, you will boot up at 10 a.m. on March 14th, and depending on what time of the game you're in, a different soundtrack plays. Very 
very cool. So speaking of which, I actually think that 10 a.m. is one of the, oh, 11 a.m. is one of the tracks that I want to feature. So first, let's set the scene with 11 a.m. Okay. And I picked this track specifically because... Dog. <laughs> Birdie like moans and grunts every time Happens she lays down. <laughs> <laughs> it's just her getting comfortable. I, I picked this track specifically because um, I feel like Animal Crossing is a game that I either play early in the morning or mm-hmm. late at night. And those tend to be the two times that I play it the most. I'm never really in the game in the middle of the day. Yeah. Uh, so these are the tracks that I have the most connection to because I hear them all the time. So this is 11 a.m. Okay. So this is the track that might play, for example, on a Sunday morning when you have to go to the recycling center to sell some of your items to Reese. Then maybe you go back outside and walk around and look for, uh, I think her name is Joan, the boar that sells you, um, what are they? Stalks of turnips. She sells you turnips and they're turnip stalks because they act like the stock market. And then maybe you go to your neighbor's houses and you plant some flowers. Maybe you do some some deliveries for your for your fellow man. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. in the setting of Animal Crossing New Leaf, you are the mayor. So this town is in your care. You have to make sure that you're taking proper care of the people and the landscape. And I feel like this song does an adequate or does an excellent job of keeping you calm while you are dealing putting out fires. Exactly. So the reason that I wanted to highlight (laughs) Animal Crossing specifically is that it does something that many soundtracks that I am featuring on the rest of my list don't do. And that is that it keeps you engaged without overwhelming you. Mm -hmm. So many of the tracks that we feature, we do so because they're really intriguing. They have, you know, phenomenal composition. And I'm not saying that Animal Crossing doesn't have that. But the goal of the Animal Crossing soundtrack is to take you to a place, your town, and then keep you there. Mm -hmm. And it wants to keep you there in a very calm and orderly fashion. So uh, the game is composed in such a way that you can find yourself leaving the game while you're messing around on the internet for some lovely background music, for example. Not only did the songs hold up to repeated and lengthy listens, because these loop for the entire hour. These are little tracks that are meant to loop for a whole hour until they pass on to the next one. But they also change periodically based on weather effects, like rain, or if there's an event going on. So for example, new tracks are peppered around the game depending on whether or not it's Christmas or Mardi Gras. I don't, I think, I think the game just calls it festival, but it's like, this is clearly Mardi Gras. I know Mm -hmm, what's going mm -hmm. on here. Uh, So each holiday or event uses unique music with very few being repeated. And each of the normal 24 hour songs will change to include a bells chime to get you into that wintry festive spirit whenever it's snowing. I believe that's a winter feature specifically. Uh, There's also a song for when it rains and sometimes the rain will last all day or maybe only for an hour well there's only one track for the rain i think that was specific to older games in at least new leaf i think there are multiple tracks that play when it rains um it's incredibly peaceful and soothing people love the soundtrack to animal crossing new leaf so much that there's a website that plays the songs in hourly order oh that's cool based on your computer's clock and unfortunately i didn't link the website i'm an idiot but just type that into google and i'm sure you'll find it uh so sometimes you can even have that tab open for hours without realizing it and the next track i want to feature that kind of puts you into the particular mood that animal crossing frequently hits uh-huh. is 1 a.m rain Ooh, 1 a.m rain i feel like you could play that at 1 a.m specifically and it would be very peaceful maybe put you to sleep 
Hmm. Hear those rain. Hear them drip drops. Drippity dropping. By this time of night, most of the villagers have gone to bed. Sounds like a nighttime melody. Indeed. And it just wants to keep you here. Peaceful. Calm. Now, you can't run in the rain because you will trip and fall on the mud. Oh, no. So you have to go slowly. You don't technically need an umbrella, but you look ridiculous if you don't have one. Mm -hmm. So you got to equip your umbrella. Maybe you go down to the beach at night for a little a little night mosey along the sands. Maybe catch some night fish. Mm-hmm. There are special mm-hmm. fish that come out at night. Ooh. And then maybe you go back to your house, change out of your, your rain boots, which I know you your put on. Your muddy clothes if you did run anyway. Exactly. And, <laughs> and that's Animal Crossing. So the soundtrack is just the kind of thing that you can listen to over and over and over again, exactly as it's meant to Mm -hmm. and not get tired of it. And the tunes are, you know, digestible in such a way that you do kind of loop them in your own head, just kind of thinking about them. You can hum or whistle them, but they're not the kinds of things that you have to remember a lengthy track to, or know any of the lyrics to it's just, you know, more minimalistic music that is meant to just, put you in a very specific mind frame and just let you stay there for as long as you want. Animal Crossing just wants to let you live how you want. Very nice. You can come and go as you please and always have a good time. Well, I think that's a really good testament too to the game and to the quality of the soundtrack that even though it's a, there's small loops that play for an hour, that you aren't annoyed by them at never. the end of that hour. I've never been annoyed at a soundtrack from Animal Crossing New Leaf. Not once. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I've never even heard of such a thing. So yeah, uh, Animal Crossing is one of the games that I am obviously the most excited about this year with mm-hmm. Animal Crossing New Horizons just about to come out. And I'm really excited to like hear some of the new tracks. I hope that they've mixed it up a little bit, but maybe kept some of the themes from the previous games. So I'm really excited about that for sure. And I really hope that it follows the same format of being a new song every hour. That would be really cool yeah, if they kept that up. That would be really cool. And I'm excited for the new rain tracks. <laughs> Oh boy! A, those one AM tracks. Those what? Those sweet one AM rain, rain tracks. tracks for twenty twenty. You know what I'm saying? So my number's seven at this point. Any guesses as to what it might be? It's kind of a, I think, one that you will be surprised by that it's that that it's this early in the list. That it's this. Sorry, the dogs are being really cute behind. They're me, so always I had to really take cute. A cute. Little picture of them. Um, number seven, and that's that early. Uh, Ori in the Blind Forest. No. Damn it. I thought for sure I had it. Okay, so it's definitely a game that I would be able to guess. Yes, because it's one I've talked about a lot. Mm, how about how about uh, Horizon Zero Dawn? No. Dang it. This game running coming in at my number seven in my top ten soundtracks of all time is Halo. The Last of Us. Oh, man, I should have guessed it. I'm a fool. Huh. So... Uh, now, as you know... I won't say that The Last of Us is a <clears throat> game that I've heard you talk about much specifically because of the soundtrack. Maybe a handful of times, Yes, but it's not one that you bring up every time we talk about soundtracks. Right, because it does have a very great soundtrack. And I think, again, it's one, this is one that also, is because it's a very, I don't I, I don't want to use the, the term simplistic because it's not simplistic. It's simplistic in, 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 its, in the fact that it's a minimal is a, better, is a better word to describe it because it is predominantly low, like, 
percussion tones, but mostly like a single guitar being strummed and, or plucked and stuff like that to create these truly like emotional themes and ones that really just kind of like set with you. And it really sets a very, a very strong feeling of being alone, of being, you know, in this world that is uncertain and that no one knows. I mean, especially like if you're looking at it from the perspective of Ellie, as she's moving throughout this journey with Joel across the country and everything, and you're just, and it just really captures just the emotion of both characters. It is the perfect underscore for several moments of the game. I mean, of all moments of the game, really, but it just is one that is, it's just so artfully crafted, I think, and just in, in its minimalistic style of music it, that I, that I think it really speaks to me so well. So obviously like this, the, but one of the tracks though, that is a little bit more upbeat and a little bit more, uh, not even upbeat, but a little more aggressive, I would mm. say is, and it's one that I do believe I've played more on the show It's called smugglers. And it is one where you're having a, a, a to fight with an enemy group and everything. And it's just a very, again, minimalist like tone but it captures the phonetic moment of and the urgency of this fight and it and it's literally as soon as you hit play so you got that guitar got that beat but it just like really so this is a fight scene yeah huh if i remember correctly you're actually like Ellie was just kidnapped by a group of smugglers and you're chasing them on horseback through the woods of Wyoming. You know what's funny? When you started playing this, I was thinking that it reminded me of like being on a boat in a swamp. <laughs> oh yeah, I can see that too. <laughs> I'll call this boat swamp track one. <laughs> <laughs> but again, see, it just like has Ooh. these... But again, there's not much there. It's like the one guitar and that one little boom, boom. There. I do like that the kind of flat and discordant uh, strumming at certain parts does add to that sense of, you know, urgency mm -hmm. because no track features that many flats without something being wrong. Exactly. <laughs> and so it's just, a, it's just a very, again, it's, it's very just kind of low key and it's not overbearing and it's not just like beat. It's not like doom where it's just like, as you're going through these like fight scenes, which it's it just, was though, <laughs> which it really, which in doom. Yes, it really is that, but it's just, it's the difference. And I think the difference of the tone that the last of us wanted to set. And I think that the music so perfectly captures and helps create that sense and that tone of, of the game. Who's the composer again for The Last of Us? Gustavo Santayella. Yes, there we go. Who, actually... Oh, also, yeah. All I had to do was look up there. <laughs> right there. What a fool I um, am. He's also did the music for the Left Behind DLC for The Last of Us. He's doing the music for The Last of Us Part 2. And, oh, man, we haven't talked about this. Yeah, I, I wondered if you were going to bring it up. Uh Another bit of news that if you saw my reaction video too, you would know. And, and I mean, it's big news. It's been out there that that late, the Last of Us TV show is coming to HBO. Gustavo is also going to be doing the music for it as well. So That's the same exciting. feels and like emotion that he can bring to the music are going to be there in the show as well. Another reason why I'm so excited for the show and how it's going to be great. Which also they announced another update on that that the production of the show will not start until the Last of Us Part Two is released. Are they going to start in Austin? That's where I don't know, but that'd be really cool the if it did because that's where the game starts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so that'd be really cool if the show did too. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but the other one that I really wanted to hi Sam, Sam. The other uh, song that I wanted to that I wanted to highlight, and again, it's one I believe I've highlighted before. Oh man, actually no, there's a couple here that I could oh, do. Oh no, 
decisions, decisions. I will say, okay, The Path is another great song. Um, and one that is kind of more hopeful in its tone. But I th- do think really the one that I do, I do have to highlight because it is just an, it, really an iconic theme is just the track, The Last of Us, because it's like the main motif, motif that you think of when you hear the music and you think of The Last of Us music. So I do have to just play that. I'm ready. Sorry. Again, simple strumming with that light string in the background. It's just so, it's soothing in an unnerving way, if that makes any sense at all. I wonder if that's a viola or a cello. It sounds too deep to be a violin. Yeah. But just this strum, it's so beautiful. And in the context of the game, Ellie plays the guitar, doesn't she? Joel does. Joel does. He tells her in the first game, one day, maybe when this is all over, I'll teach you to play the guitar. Uh Okay. And then in the the trailers yes. for part two, she does play the guitar, That's which everybody was like, oh my God, Joel was able to do it. But just like, this one builds a little bit more too as well. But it's just such a, this is one that I listen to and just gives me chills, especially because a version of this song plays after the final moments of The Last of Us, like after the last line while the credits roll. And just after you've experienced this emotional game and a deeply moving game, Hearing this while the credits roll and you sit there like I did in darkness late at night while the, just recalling everything that I just experienced, it's powerful. And it I think really, that really just hits you right it in It really that, just hits you hard. Right it, in the feels muscle. Right in the feels. <laughs> and so that's why Last of Us absolutely had to be included on my top 10 soundtrack list of all time. But also a testament to what comes next or to what we'll be, we'll be revealing in later installments if it's only my number seven. So... Some, yeah. some good music still to come. Faux show. So what is your number seven? So you might be thinking, this is confusing because it's, it's a Halo 3 ODST. <laughs> <laughs> so you might remember that last time as we ended, I mentioned specifically that my homework to myself was to go back and re-listen to the entire yes, yes. Halo 3 ODST album. And I did that. I did my homework. And I was like, what was I thinking? Making it potentially only an honorable mention. It 100% deserves to be on this list as one of the greats. Uh, So I'm technically putting it at number seven here. Still not sure if it's actually a number seven or a number one. Because I. Oh, really? It could be number one? Oh, potentially. Wow. Maybe not number one, but but maybe maybe top five. Uh, So Halo 3 ODST is a surprising offering. that kind of takes a different road from the typical Halo fair. So it doesn't really have any of the uh, chanting that you might be familiar with with Halo themes. The Gregorian, like... Yeah, it doesn't really have that. It's a little bit lighter on the uh, electric guitars. It doesn't really have as much of the, you know, really iconic string sections. Some of them do. But for the most part, the game pretty heavily relies on the saxophone, piano and kind of more reserved guitar sections. So this is a surprising new turn from, again, Martin O'Donnell and Michael Salvatore. So even though it's got a very unique sound to it, it is still by the same composers of previous Halo games. Uh, And the album is able to weave through the obstacle course of being equal equal parts moody and thoughtful atmosphere juxtaposed against the blood pumping and gritty percussion sequences that gives Halo action its special edge. Uh, Unfortunately, I forgot which article it was. It may have been one from IGN back in 
like 2009 that was reviewing the Halo 3 ODST soundtrack specifically. Mm-hmm. But uh, the author described it as James Bond meets Stomp. And I was like, that's okay. pretty accurate <laughs> because it's got kind of that moody tone, but then just these really interesting percussion sequences that do sound like they're composed of whatever's on hand, like right. kind of that metallic, like trash can style kind of uh, pumping yeah, beats. Like the yeah, exactly. So it's got a lot of that, but then it also has these sequences that have these very film noir saxophone and piano sequences. And these call to mind like night cityscapes and a creeping feeling that something is about to go terribly wrong, but you're not sure what. Mm. And for context, the reason that Halo 3 ODST is so different is that you're not Master Chief. You're following the tale of the rookie. Mm. So you're just an unnamed rookie. And uh, the ODST stands for Orbital Drop... Shock Trooper. Shock Trooper. Orbital Drop Shock Trooper. So you're just a normal trooper, and you're out with your team, and you're trying to basically investigate a mystery of, like, what happened in this place. And I think you're in New Mombasa, at Mm -hmm. least at one point. Uh, And the the music just is perfect for that. So I had so much trouble deciding which tracks to feature. The first one I'm going to do, at least to give you a sense of kind of this percussion meets more moody uh, bit, is Asphalt and Ablution. Ooh. Ablution. Ablution. See, this simple piano like this honestly reminds me of something that you might hear out of Breath of the Wild or like a, a or like a Zelda game. Interesting. I don't think I completely agree with that, but I like where your head's at. Like maybe kind of like while you're exploring around a shrine or something like that. Yeah, actually, maybe. I think it's a little too complex to fit into Breath of the Wild specifically. That's true. Especially as these strings kick in, for example. Right, but it was, when it was just that like simple piano at the yes. beginning, that's yeah, more what I was thinking. That, that's much more along these lines. And kind of this keening note. That. Like these drawn out keening notes, they really help make this atmosphere of just sort of the unknown. And it's also got this very sad feeling to it. And also lends to a sci-fi feel as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, And then a little bit later in the track, we're going to skip ahead a little bit. Yeah. Then it takes this turn. So good. Into this insane percussion part. Oh my god, it's so good. That's and so this is good. in the same track. This nice. is the same track. What's the other one that I was talking about? Oh, that's so good. <laughs> I love this. That's so good. It's amazing. What was the other one? It's like it's something with two like the words are two uh, start with D. Uh like something in deliverance or Well, so I've got two more on this list oh, okay. that I'm gonna feature parts of, but that's just kind of the first come on, go back to normal. Can't get out of this. I'm stuck. There we go. Yeah, Androids, am I right? Yeah, no, iPhones suck. How dare you, <laughs> sir? Uh, so that's ablution. That's asphalt and ablution. And then I've got a couple of others, others on here that I just really want to feature because they're all amazing. Now, I will say that the album, A, listen to it in order and okay. listen to the whole thing. So even though these are reactive tracks, uh, you know, they're meant to expand and change as you play the game. Obviously in the context of the album, they are frozen in place and they follow the uh, natural line of progression that the, that the songs would take. Mm-hmm. So if you were actually playing the game, they would evolve differently based on your actions and the reaction in the environment. But when you're listening to them in the context of a soundtrack, listen to it in order because it really does paint the 
story that Halo 3 ODST is trying to tell you. And I feel like I really wanted to follow up Animal Crossing specifically with Halo 3 because like I said with Animal Crossing, it takes you to a specific place and then just wants to keep you there. Mm -hmm. It wants to keep you there and allow you to do what you want. Whereas Halo 3 ODST takes you to a place to tell you a very specific story. And I love that the soundtrack complements that perfectly. So the next two that I'm going to feature at least parts of, or at least bits and pieces of ah, is bits and pieces nice <laughs> <laughs> it's not really a joke but i just wanted to say it anyways this is bits and pieces So that string backing in that one is very reminiscent of other Halo's Yes, themes. so this is one of the ones that I picked because it sounds much more like Halo, yeah. air quotes, than some of the other tracks do. Especially this part where it kind of picks up with that plucking. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's very Halo in my mind. The piano part is very ODS. It's a great melding of the two. The, Halo, the piano is very ODST. The strings are very normal Master Chief Halo. Yes, and, I think and they then it takes this turn. Oh, I love this track. Also, good use of the triangle. Yeah. The triangle never gets any love. <laughs> this also, I mean, I guess it was Michael Salvatore. Yeah, it was Michael Salvatore as well. This track also it seems fairly reminiscent to Destiny's music. Yeah, I agree. This, this does sound pretty Destiny. And it's definitely got more of that kind of spacey sci-fi backing right. to it. Oh, that one's great. That's bits and pieces. That's great. And then because I just could not, again, I, so I was listening to this on my way here today, uh, and I just kept going, which of the thousands of good tracks from this, because even within certain tracks, the music takes such different turns and directions that you get something new at every minute it right, feels right. like. And I really want to highlight that with Special Delivery, which I think is the one that you were trying to name. No, it's like... Deliverance right. and something. Oh, okay. Maybe not. But special delivery. So this is kind of where it gets uh, really interesting. I think this is one of the parts. Oh, that's nice. I wanted to highlight this one because it's a little bit more action-y. And more techno sound. And more techno, exactly. This is much more of one of the, um, you know, fast-paced sequences of yep, the game. Yep, yep. And this is one of the tracks that has that, the, oh, like the, the electric, electric guitar. guitar. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, can you just imagine being in the city at night? Maybe it's raining. Well, and just knowing that you're like fighting the covenant while this is oh, going yeah. on. It's great. A great pairing to some battle music, to some now, battle themes. Sequences. A little bit later in the track, it even starts to take an even more aggressive turn. And in my notes, I had this at approximately 240 at the okay. minute marker. And then I have a sub one and it says, shit, shit gets real 530. <laughs> so this is 530 in the track. Getting very halo sounding right there. This is a With very that percussion. Halo. This. Oh, you hear those strings building? Oh, that's, that string line kills me. I cannot, I can't handle it. You need to play ODST then I so do. you can see how this all pairs with the, the game. The thing is though, you don't even need to have played no, the game you don't. to be able to appreciate this masterpiece. 
And this is exactly why I was like, oh, what was I thinking? Right. This has to be in the top 10. I just, this, it just, like, it feels like it's squeezing my heart. I love it so much. <laughs> I'm like, ah! Yeah, that's some great stuff I love right this there. Track. That's some great stuff. So then, Halo 3 ODST sits in at your number seven. It sits at my number seven, and it could potentially even be higher as we as we continue on with this and you and you rethink and reassess what yeah. other music could possibly I th- be I coming think i'm probably going to keep it at number seven it could i think be a six or a five yeah uh but i feel like that's a pretty a pretty good spot for it um and yeah so if you ever thought you would hear me say that i think the music of halo is better than the music of animal crossing and you're thinking logan would never say that i mean that you're wrong <laughs> it's, it's, i mean it sounds right in my head the music of halo is God, better i like i'm gonna go home after this and keep listening to the halo 3 soundtrack because it's just such good stuff I it's engaging I, and interesting and yet also keeps you in the mission like yeah, in the yeah. mindset of the mission i think uh i think i asked you this last week or last episode when we were talking about soundtracks and everything but have you listened to halo reach the soundtrack for halo reach a little bit um it was kind of on the sidebar while i was listening to the odst soundtrack and i only caught a few of the tracks and i don't really remember them that well because i was only thinking and like writing my notes for Mm -hmm. odst so no question mark okay i would then say winter contingency and oni's sword base are a couple of great tracks from from Halo Reach, and that's like tracks two and three. Uh, it's another. I mean, all the music of Halo is great and very iconic sounding. Halo Reach, I think, is one that not doesn't get as much attention and everything, especially because like ODST is so good for one of the side games. But uh, Halo Reach definitely deserves some love as well. But uh, so so to recap again, my top ten list at this point so far, ten through seven has been filled out. We've got Donkey Kong Country at number ten, Red Dead Redemption Two at number nine, Stronghold at number eight, and The Last of Us at number seven. And I've got Final Fantasy VIII at number ten, The Legend of Dragoon at number nine, uh, at number eight, Animal Crossing: New Leaf, and at number seven, Halo Three ODST. Very nice. Well. We hope you come back in to see the rest of our uh, list as we close out this series of ranking the top 10 soundtracks of all time. But obviously, we love to hear more video game music. We would love to hear your picks as well for your top 10 lists. So if you have some of those favorite soundtracks out there or songs that you would really like us to listen to, send them our way at uh, teamchatpodcast.gmail.com. Comment on our social media, send us a message on the Discord, you know, all the different ways. Comment in the YouTube, all the different ways you can get a hold of us. We would love to hear some of this great music. We also, too, like if you ever, and if outside of doing this ranking of the series, we also, as you know, do the soundtrack spotlight at the end of each episode. So, you know, send us, if you have a track that you're just like, I really love this one, could you guys do it for the soundtrack spotlight? We would love to. So send those our way. We would love to feature some music from our community as well. But before we go, we do have to do our soundtrack spotlight. And I think because we were talking about it more and I, want, I, and I did have that little bit of like, should I, should I share, do I, I, of indecision as to which I should pay, play, I do want to uh, have for the soundtrack spotlight, The Path from The Last of Us soundtrack. Excellent. Because, uh, it is a, another beautiful piece of music from that score. And I think it's, a, it's an excellent send off for this episode. So The Path by Gustavo Santiella from The Last of Us. But that concludes this episode of Team Chat Podcast. Come back next week for the next installment in our ranking of top 10 soundtracks of all time. Until next time, I'm one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined by Rachel Mogan. Adios. Stick around for the song. We'll see you next week. <laughs>